Happy Sunday, everyone. Next week, we're going to be doing the golden bowl ceremony. And the idea behind it is one of rebirth in a way. The idea is each one of us can bring some new attention to some new intentions in our lives that will make a big difference for us and maybe for the world at large next year. And uh, we've done this every year. And I kind of wanted to check in on myself about how successful I was or maybe wasn't last year. And so I did. And uh, I'll tell you, first of all, what I released last year was the need to always be right. That could be a laugh could actually go with that if you want to. Because <laughs> although, although many of you may not think of me that way, there's this little part of me that would just love to always be right. Do you know what I mean? That, that oh, I, okay, uh, maybe a couple of you are familiar with that. And what I really vowed to myself in a way last year, well, well, first of all, think about what it is to be a minister. It's like you're with people all the time, right? I mean, it, it's the very definition of who you are. And you do a lot of committee work. You're seeing a lot of people in adverse situations. And can you think of anything worse than that person wanting to be right all the time? Oh my gosh, it's terrible. For one thing, you end up being, for one thing, you end up being on committees of one person pretty soon. <laughs> so, so that was what I gave up, if you will. That's what I released last year. And you know what? I was really successful at it. I really feel that I have made a change. And, and what was interesting was literally kind of encounter by encounter and meeting by meeting as my little voice inside was like, oh, why don't you tell them how to do it correctly? <laughs> the same little voice, I'm proud to say, said, well, wait a minute, Larry. Isn't that just an opinion? And shouldn't everyone here have equally right opinions for themselves? And oh, it made such a difference. Okay, so, so a success story from last year's Golden Bowl. But then, you know, I got to be honest about the other one. And I am so cliched. I have to admit that one of my resolutions, one of my intentions last year during the Golden Bowl was to lose weight. And I got to tell you, not so successful. In fact, I think I weigh exactly the same as I do a year ago today. What's the difference, do you think? Why do some of our intentions, equally good, right? I think both of those were stunning intentions of what we would like to see different in our lives, or my life, as an example. But why do some of them work and some of them not? Research. I did some research. So I found information from, and this article was put together both by a behavioral psychologist as well as a brain scientist. And so the idea is, if we're going to do intentions, if we're going to make New Year's resolutions, it isn't so much that we're incapable of keeping to them. It's the thing that we're claiming that probably can't be kept. It isn't, it isn't that we're a failure, it's probably the intention that we've created for ourselves that has some problems with it. And so they did a lovely job, I think, of talking about New Year's resolutions, intentions, whatever you want to call them, that actually work. And so I thought this year, to get a jump on that golden bowl ceremony, wouldn't it be nice if we had a little more information for creating intentions even for releasing things in such a way that we're apt to be successful for once. 
Okay, I'm speaking just for myself. I'm sure you're all completely successful with your New Year's resolutions. Um, But (laughs) here's the help. First of all, the idea of them simply being good intentions aren't enough. There's that whole realm of wishful thinking. Do you know what I mean? And unfortunately, that's exactly where my wanting to lose weight fit in. It was as though it was like a genie's going to come out of the bottle and one day I'll just weigh 40 pounds less. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I had no real plan. I had no real conviction. And there was nothing in the intention itself that would provide any motivation, right? And so that's one of the things. They said good intentions aren't enough. We need actual motivation. And I was remembering, you know, uh, my mom, when she was trying to stop, well, first of all, my mom smoked for 60 years of her life. She smoked her entire, she started when she was like 12, and she smoked right up until the end of her life, but not quite the end. And she also stopped, tried to stop smoking, oh my gosh, just the years I can remember, probably 20 times. She, and sometimes she was successful for up to even six months, and then she would find herself smoking again. Do you know how she stopped? It was when the doctor said that her husband had emphysema. And she stopped. She just stopped. And never had another cigarette. It was a motivation for her. Somehow, in her own mind, the thought it would just improve her health wasn't enough. She didn't have any particularly respiratory problems from smoking, right? And so in her own mind, it's like, well, okay, yeah, it would be nice. I'm sure it would be better for my health. And yet, it did not have a particular motivation for her. But as soon as my stepfather was diagnosed um, with a respiratory illness, it was like that. It was the motivation, not just the idea that moved her along. So that's one key. Good intentions aren't enough. We need something that has a real legitimate motivation in our life. Something that will make us want to follow through with it, not just have the idea See, there's the trouble. We all have the idea, and then three days later, well, the idea went, you know, the idea isn't our head anymore. And so then we're eating again or smoking again or whatever it is that we want to change in our life. It has to be something that has an ongoing motivation so that every day when we think about that thing that we want to change, it's like, oh, yeah, right. I'm going to do this differently. The next thing that they say is the idea of goals that can be evaluated on a daily basis. So again, my trouble with uh, losing 40 pounds is, well, I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and weigh 40 pounds less, right? So, So virtually every time I would think about that goal... What was going on in my head is I don't measure up to it yet. I'm a failure. I haven't lost. So even though I did lose some weight in the beginning of the year, every time I would think about my resolution, it's like, I got 35 more to go. (laughs) And so it actually had a negative effect on my brain. And that was what one of the brain scientists said. It says, if you flog yourself continually about not measuring up, Your brain will do just about anything to blow that intention out of the water, right? Because if I don't have the intention anymore, then I can't criticize myself for it. And so therefore, it's like, boom, we'll finish that one up. (laughs) 
So whatever you can do to have goals that are small enough that you can measure them on a daily basis and goals with which on a daily basis, as often as not, you'll actually get positive reinforcements. And so one of the things that they suggested in the article, let's say you do want to lose some weight. Nothing wrong with that for having it as an intention, but let's put it in a bite-sized kind of thing. Maybe the intention is to exercise for a half hour or more every day. Do you see what I mean? It can lead you in a direction of health. If you did, if you followed through with that, you would lose weight. Or they said, maybe you want to have more of a healthy eating lifestyle. Again, phrase that in a way that you can measure yourself every day and and see how you're doing. So maybe you want to eat organic foods and eat no more calories than, I don't know, you know, 2,500 calories a day or whatever would be right for you in a healthy way. It's something you can check in every day. Some days you may not manage it, but other days you'll be wildly successful. So here is how you can come up with goals that you measure on kind of a daily basis and they're achievable so that you get to reward yourself with success day in and day out, not just waiting until, you know, some really long process is done at the end of time, you know, where you're always measuring yourself up and and seeing that you haven't made it yet. The last thing that they talked about is allowing room for error. This is a practice and not an ultimatum. Do you know what the difference is? Most of us, if we're given an ultimatum, what's the first thing we do? Yeah. (laughs) Uniform answer there, right? Exactly. We resist it. It's like, no way. I I can too do what I want. I can so eat what I want. You know, it's a special occasion. I'll have just this one cake. Right? It's my birthday. I don't have to exercise on my birthday. It's like we dig in our heels if it seems like we're giving ourselves an ultimation. But if we allow ourselves some freedom, if we recognize that, you know, if we only exercise 300 days this year, not 365, that will be more than enough to create a more healthy lifestyle for ourselves. So we allow ourselves some freedom on the days that we don't quite measure up to what that goal is. And it's okay. We actually say, yeah, life happens and I don't need to be treating myself as though I'm some kind of a good robot, bad robot, right? It's like if we were robots, we'd just put in a new set of programming and we'd be perfect from the first day. But I'm glad we're not robots. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? That's why we have free will in the world. Now, some of you out there are wondering, well, okay, how does this fit in with this lovely Buddhist book that we've been reading? What about Jack Kornfeld and A Lamp in the Darkness? And the reason I wanted to talk about intentions today is this is actually the material from the book that we're going to cover today as well, but in a slightly different format. And I bet almost everyone in this room might be interested to know what the Dalai Lama's New Year's resolution is. Let me read it right out of the book here. Every morning when the Dalai Lama wakes up, he begins his morning practices by reaffirming his resolutions. He says, May I be a guard for those who need protection. May I be a guide for those on the path. 
May I be a boat, a raft, and a bridge for those to cross the flood. May I be a lamp in the darkness. May I be a resting place for the weary and a healing medicine for all who are sick. And for as long as earth and sky endure, may I assist all until everyone is awakened. Well, I was stunned when I read this. I mean, it kind of made me wanting to lose 40 pounds sound. Well, very human, very self-centered. And I was thinking, you know, maybe there are resolutions, maybe there are intentions, and then maybe there are high intentions. Maybe there are global resolutions that we might make as well. And so you can probably already sense a little bit of homework coming your way. You thought your homework was just going to be coming up with intentions, personal intentions for next year to do at the Golden Bowl next week. And I certainly do invite you to do that, absolutely. And I think we've, we've gotten some good clues how to make intentions that will actually stick, that we can be successful with. But I would like us to expand our vision just a little bit into this idea of high intentions of resolutions, not just for us, not just for our body or our family, but really for things that will uplift the planet a little bit. And as in awe I was of the Dalai Lama's practice and his intentions, I also recognize I'm not the Dalai Lama. And, and to me, that intention, as beautiful as it is, as magnificent as it is, I think it was a little big for me to wrap my arms around and so I tried thinking of simpler ways that I could do the same kind of thing. And one of them that I thought was very powerful, and I'm going to try this this year, is even just to select a quality of God or something that you want to see more of in the world, whether it be love or whether it be peace, whether it be joy, whether it be safety or health or whatever it is, pick something that you see the, the world could use more of or, or a stronger flavor of it or... or, or um, uh, or easier paths to it. Whatever, however you might think of it, think of that quality. And how can that be one of our intentions? Because I think it could be in a very simple way, in a very powerful way, in a very llama-like way, if you will. If all we did was, when we get up in the morning, we say to ourselves something very simply like, today I am going to represent peace in the world. Or today, as I encounter my friends and coworkers and family, today, as I meet people in the street or at the job, I'm going to represent love. And I'm going to ask myself in the moment when things come up <laughs> and things come up, I'm going to ask myself, how would love handle this issue? How would I, as love, maybe uh, approach this problem at work, how would I, as something like peace or joy, uh, address this situation with my family or a loved one where there's some tension or friction? Now, again, this may sound personal in a way, and yet, isn't that how the Dalai Lama expects to change the world? It isn't that he's going to somehow wave the wand, right? It's not back to magic. He's going to do it one person at a time, and we can do it one person at a time. So for next Sunday, and for those of you who aren't going to be here next Sunday, you're not off the hook. <laughs> as you think about New Year's resolutions, as you think about intentions for your life, my suggestion is let's do a couple this year. 
let's do one that is personal and that benefits us and, and create something for maybe ourselves and our family. And we learn some good hints from those scientists on ways that we can be more successful at them. And at the same time, let's have an intention, a high intention, a holy intention, if you will, for something outside of ourselves. Let me read just a little bit more out of this book. Jack Kornfeld goes on to talk a little bit about how the Dalai Lama and other people are building these ideas of high intentions into their lives. He says, living our highest intentions can happen in great ways, such as that of the Dalai Lama, but we can also choose the difficulties that come into our lives and based our intentions on them. We can choose our spirit over any difficulty. Sometimes all we'll have to offer is just a smile. Sometimes all we'll have to offer is a hug or listening. Sometimes it may be to plant a garden where there was none or to plant seeds of patience in a family or reconciliation in a community difficulty. But no matter what situation we find ourselves in, we can always set our compass to our highest intentions in the present moment. So even if that's all we did, even if just in a moment of crisis or even in a moment when things are not going well or there's trouble in our own lives or our family, even if all we did was simply to ask ourselves, what's my highest intention in this moment right now? What do I want to be known for in this moment right now? What do I stand for in this situation and in this situation and in the next situation? Let me close our, let me close our talk today with one last quote out of here. And then I would just invite us all during this week or before the end of the year just to think of a couple intentions for our lives moving forward. One to make our own lives better and one maybe for the world. Whatever your difficulties, a devastated heart, financial loss, feeling assaulted by the conflicts around you or a, or a hopeless illness, you can always remember that you are free in each moment to set the compass of your heart to your highest intention. In each moment, you can offer the best of yourself, including in difficult times. In fact, the two things that you are always free to do always are to be present and to be willing to love. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one love. I call it God, but whether it's called spirit or the goddess, whether it's called Brahman or Allah, it is that one thing, that one life, that one love, that one joy. And I know it means me. I know that I'm no exception, that God is out picturing, even as me and as the people in this room, that all of us are made in the, in the spiritual image of God with all of the ability to love and bring life and to, to, to be uh, 
to be peaceful and, and to be joyous and loving. This is how we're made. This is the, the song that we heard earlier. This is the idea of beginning again in our own true nature. This is, this is us as spirit. This is us as our God-like nature. And for this day, I simply accept for each person in this room a willingness to look within and find some of those essential God-like spiritual qualities. And if each of us is so moved to maybe put them into intentional forms for this new year. So that as the new year dawns, each of us not only is working in, in a positive way, in an affirmative way around improving their own lives, but also lifting up the planet. And for this potential, I'm just amazingly grateful. I do know that as the planet is to change, it is to change through our efforts through each one of us as individuals, we, we stand for something and the world changes. And so in great gratitude, I just let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. And I look forward to all of you being here next week so that we can hear some of those high intentions.